Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and today I look at two Oscar-contending films, a long-awaited sequel to James Cameron's Avatar, and it's called Avatar, The Way of Water. It's a film that costs more than $250 million to make. And from the director of La La Land and Whiplash comes an understandably wild and decadent new film. It's about old Hollywood, and it's called Babylon. And I'm Smollier, Haley Hamilton Cogill. Gary continues to call Babylon decadent. Decadent. I found it extremely excessive. It's like White Lotus on crack. <laughs> White Lotus on crack. <laughs> so big and, wow. and very over the top. So we will have an equally over-the-top pairing uh, from the Prisoner Wine Company, their eternally silenced Pinot Noir. And for the beauty and whimsy of Avatar, we humbly raise a glass of water, but not just any kind. We'll have more on that one in a bit. But first, Gary, let's dive. Get it? Dive into dive, this film. Dive. In, <laughs> so dive we both dove Avatar. together yesterday and watched this. So we watched this film. Yes. Just, uh, this is in 3D. Very fresh in our minds. Yeah. 3D, which... Listen, I'm not a big fan of 3D, and I think most most films are not shot in 3D. That's why, and then they reconfigure them so they can charge more. And then you go to the movie theater and they see this green or red outline on every character. This was shot in 3. This is shot. This is technically maybe the best film I've ever seen. I'm I'm wow. Technically, at this point in my life, you know, everything has its own space and time. When I saw Lawrence of Arabia at 10 years old and they wrecked that train out in the desert, I went crazy. How do they do that? And I spent the whole time watching Avatar, which is three hours and five minutes long, going, I, I have no clue how this is how made, this is done. how mm-hmm. this was done. Because technically, it's, it's far superior to the first film, mm-hmm. which was magnificent. I love the first Avatar film. Mm-hmm. Kind of surprised it did not win the Oscar for Best Picture, and it didn't. But... James Cameron has just, uh, you know, it's been over a decade since the first one. And you know, now all of a sudden, Sam Worthington and Zoe Zaldana, you know, they play Jake Soley and I think it's Nateri is mm-hmm. her name. And now they have a family. It opens with mm-hmm. the whole explanation of what's been going on. They have four kids, and uh, they're living this beautiful, peaceful existence. But In the forest. In the forest. And it's so beautiful. And it's like it it's was. It's so beautiful. It is. The colors, the the light, the uh, just the, imagi- the magic. Yes. That magic is the perfect word for this. Yeah. And, the, and it, in 3D, which I'm going to say, if you don't like 3D, you'll love it in this mm-hmm. 3D. I don't care for 3D. I can't put the glasses on over my glasses. It's, it's weird. I've. It's, I'm, and I was kind of fighting seeing it in 3D, and I'm so glad we did. Aren't you glad? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just, uh, you kind of have to trust this guy who makes this little James Cameron kid. 
who makes movies. But, you know, now they have a family, and so they're all trying to get along, and, and they, you kind of see them being born. And just the birth of a baby in oh. these movies is just amazing. And and, and you, you kind of get invested right away with the, the teenagers and the, the young— the characters. The young, Absolutely. The young one, and then who are they, and, and then— and then they adopt a child. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so they grow up, and then all of a sudden, the big, bad military Americans come back People with their guns. People in the sky. People with giant necess- gunfire. I mean, we. I do believe that they are Americans, but they are the white man coming in to take over the the, the, the sanctuary yeah. of of a happy entity yeah. <laughs> that is very easily easy to to identify with any kind of colonialism. Right. So. I, I totally agree with that, and it's very disturbing, and it's done on a very intense, very high level. This is a PG-13 film that's really difficult in places, but for the right reasons, and it's so emotional. But, you know, they come in, and the gadgetry, just the—I'm looking at the technology of weaponry mm-hmm. in this movie. It just blew my mind and how all of this well, works. Well, and, and that they created—I mean, the whole point of the avatars is, is that they're— massive they're huge they're nine feet tall and so so guns were created to to allow these massive entities to to use them just like they're right. like your little handgun so, the, so a normal person couldn't, couldn't that ever up. think of right that up. And, and so and it's, it's a, you know the more you know about the first film the better you'll do on this one but it, it's it's not a prerogatory but all of a sudden they come back and they have to find another place to live so as a family, and that's pretty much all I'm going to say because it's the way of water. They leave the forest and they have, what, not relatives but another— Well, they're all—yes, they're all basic—I mean, it's, it says we're all humans. I right. mean, you can, you can be an American but then go and live in Spain. Right. And so it's, they just kind of find a different, um, a different clan to become a part of, and, and I'll—, I'll I will add a little element yeah, because do. I do think that it's it's very crucial and probably one of the reasons that I fell so in love with this film is that they go to to a, an island nation of people that are avatars of that that reminded me very much of Hawaiians yeah. and also kind of dealing with the same thing but um, and they're water people and they just the markings on their skin and and their 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 love of these you know kind of prehistoric looking hanu or whales, or whales. Yeah. and 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 these just creature it it was just fascinating it's fascinating and a whole beauty of of the world under under the sea if you've ever snorkeled and you see the color of of fish that are under the sea now 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 add the the magical element of what James Cameron creates into to that and all of these colors and yeah. it's just it's just so beautiful. So we were talking to a surfer earlier. There's a lot of surfing imagery in this movie, but not with a surfboard. Mm-hmm. It's surfing with you know animals that they travel on and slide on mm-hmm. and carry them on like the avatar in the first one you know they're they're birds they they fly well these fly and swim and they're just beautiful and that this whole imagination in the film and i mean you you are in a nanosecond when that when, whenever that signal goes off and they need to get together and jump in the water they're all in the water in a matter of 2 3 seconds mm-hmm. and gliding with the animals that they're 
that they work with. Mm-hmm. It's just so stunning. Mm-hmm. The, the, the water, I've never seen anything like this. I think on a technical level, this is as high as it has ever been for me in my life. It's wonderful that yeah. a technical film could also be so emotional. And so emotional. And it's very simple. It's a simple story. But basically, he's trying to protect us. You know, he, has, he says a lot, like, I'm the guy, I'm the dad. I've got to protect, protect my, my family. family. It's the same story that, that, but, that we continue to tell over and over and over and again. Over and over again. Um, it's, 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 it's dances with wolves underwater now. Mm-hmm. It's like a, the original dances with was like Avatar to me, where you go to fight the culture and then you join the culture mm-hmm. because you realize we're horrible people and we need to. We need to honor this. Yeah. And it's so honorable. And it's about loss. There's some loss in the film. And there's some just there's some just beautiful moments. And there's some real difficult moments. There is a, a – what do I want to call it? There's kind of this homage to Titanic that is amazing to me that I didn't know was in this film. That when you see it, you kind of go, oh, my God, yeah, it's yeah, Titanic. It's James Cameron. <laughs> but it's 20, 30 years later, and it, how awesome is this? Yeah. How, just technically, again, it's on a higher level than all these films we're, we're speaking about. So we were really moved. We got very teary-eyed. I cried a lot. Yeah, the, last, mean, I, the I, last 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, I cry a lot anyway. But I also loved when we were leaving the theater and— a couple girls were talking to their boyfriends, and she's like, oh, I got just a little emotional. And I just turned around and said, I've been crying for an hour. <laughs> yeah, they all waved at us. It's funny. And uh, Sidebar here, Sigourney Weaver is in the film, and it's not what you expect. And I'm not going to tell you anything other than she's in the film a lot. Uh, and then also Kate Winslet is in this film. And at the end of the movie, I turned to you and said, I've been looking for Kate Winslet the whole movie. Where is she? And then you said, well, she's this character. And I went, oh, my God, she's a main character. Yeah. I didn't know it was her. She's great. She's great. They're all great. It's just a beautiful film. Way worth to go. waiting this long. Way to go. Yeah, worth. I, it is worth waiting. There's three more on the way. There's going to be five total, so this is the second one. But I think they shot at least most of all the, the four sequels all in the last few years. They've been wow. working on all this stuff forever. So then you expect to have the following ones. We, Probably are, next not, Christmas. I was going to say we won't have to wait 15 years. No, I think, we'll have, I think we have to wait a year, a year or two. Yeah. Interesting. Worth, wow. worth seeing it in 3D. It is, it is just great. Just great. I love that. I, I loved it too. And, and, and absolutely beautiful. Perfect Christmas movie. It is. So I thought, you know, I, I do pair a lot of wine. Yes, you do. And spirits with our films, but I think it's appropriate to toast with a glass of water for the way of water. You drink a lot of water. I do drink a lot of water, and it's usually from whatever grocery store brand is in the jug in the water cooler in our house or from Costco or Target or wherever I've I've bought a pack. And the other day, I picked up um, some Arrowhead. I think it was on sale. Yeah. And it was so good. It was, it was like it, it, there is actually a difference in just bottled water. Bottled purified it was, water it was is creamy yes. and it was luscious. It was so good. But that's not our pairing. We are going to pair this beautiful film with what I probably my favorite water, which is actually a sparkling water, which is Bedouin. Bedouin. Bedouin is um, it's from the Loire Valley. It's from the um, the region near the Kwasi River in um, central Loire. And I apologize, I'm not French. Um, if I completely butchered that beautiful 
um, river's name, but it's a mineral. It's a naturally sparkling mineral water, which I also thought was was kind of appropriate for the beauty of this film um, because the bubbles are made in the earth. In the earth. And they're not um, adding. And they're not it's adding all natural. anything. And the beauty of it also is that um, some sparkling waters are kind of a little, that's, oh, that's a nice little, that's a refreshing fizz. Badois is so highly effervescent. It's like, it's like knock you out bubbles, but it's also so delicate. There is this lovely softness, even with the fizzy, frothy power of the effervescence of, of the sparkle. It's, it's so delicious. It's, it's, it is a mineral water, so you get a little bit of kind of mineralic, kind of salty taste in it. It comes in this beautiful green bottle. It's French. You know, what? how can you not love it? You sound like you exactly described the poof that I that cream filled <laughs> in France lem, or, uh, vanilla cream filled poof that I had in France. Yes, that I've never been able to replicate here. I've gotten close to it, but I I dream it's like, of that. It's like a it's like oh. it's like an eclair on crack. <laughs> so. it's just, oh, it's just the most delicate. Like you, you said, yeah. it hits you with flavor, but it's so delicate, but it's so light and light and, and refreshing creamy and, and beautiful. And it's just, it, it is. It's my favorite. It's and my favorite it's really fun to one. sit in any cafe in Paris and just say, Badois. I'll have a Badois. Badois. Yes. Dos Badois. No, don't. that would be another country. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Although they, they'll probably pick up on what they'll that is. They'll still bring it to you. <laughs> so the Avatar, The Way of Water, and Badois. Ah, that's the perfect pairing. Great film. When we come back on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, Brad Pitt plays a famous silent film actor who throws elaborate, decadent parties in a crazy film. It's just crazy. And it's called Babylon. And we will be right back. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Kogil Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Babylon is a wild, shocking, very big budget Hollywood spectacle from Damien Giselle. Um, the opening sequence is... So intense and so it just so push, R-rated. pushes all the boundaries. Uh, the film stars Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. Yeah, and and knowing I I had forgotten that he did Whiplash because that I just think of 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 him as this you know beautiful Hollywood love affair La La Land creator, and Whiplash is so hard and and. The, there's such an evil <laughs> in it yeah. and such a and 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 really makes you think and really makes you step back that it, that remembering that actually makes a lot more sense he but, did he also did first, Damien Chazelle did first man that space yes, the with space Ryan yeah, with, with Ryan Gosling which was great mm-hmm. and but I, I hadn't Babylon would would be if I if I ever thought about the next move that Damien Chazelle would make and movie it wouldn't be this yeah. so it's it's kind of a big shocker. And listen, it's got ad campaigns all over the place. Is this the movie of the year for me? No. But I really admire it technically a lot. You know, I I, I didn't get into it emotionally mm-hmm. because it just moves so fast and it's so crazy. 
And and you're right when you said it's like White Lotus, the <laughs> TV crack. series White Lotus on crack. It's just like well, it's also, literally they're all messed up. They're all just a mess. It's a mess. But there are sequence. There are sequences that kind of reminded me of like a Great Gatsby. That also reminded very me much so of of like watching. Of like uh, the opening number for Cirque du Soleil or something, where it's there's just so many there's so much going on on that stage, and there's so many different things to look at, and there's so so much energy and vibrance and craziness and bodies flying. <laughs> naked body, naked bodies doing all kinds of things. Yeah, all kinds of. In fact, this will be the movie. That when it comes out on DVD and Blu-ray and you get it. There'll be a lot of pausing. You'll pause it just to see, <laughs> what the hell is that back there? Oh, my God, that's what I think. Oh, it's, oh they're not oh. doing that, are they? <laughs> yes, they oh, are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They are. And it's, there's, there's a lot of that. And, it's, you know, it's this time. It's in, the, it's in the 20s, so it's this time when talkies are about to start. And every, everything has changed. And, and a lot, that's been the subject of a lot of movies over the years, too. Some very, very good films. But this is really uh, – there's a real sadness to this film because Margot Robbie plays a character that literally will do anything to get a break in Hollywood and do anything. And, and she's a really wonderful actress, and she's great in this. And one of the reasons she's great in this is she's all in. She's all There's in. not a moment in this movie where you don't feel like that – Margot Robbie will do anything in this movie. Mm-hmm. And she does. Mm-hmm. A lot of really crazy stuff. Uh, I, I, I think she's – I mean, she was in The Wolf of Wall Street, and she did a lot of crazy things mm-hmm. in that movie. But she's Suicide Squad, Legend of Tarzan. Tobey Maguire is in it, and he's got a really small part, but I think he's one of the producers in the film, too. And he's just, when you see him, he's the walking dead. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the walking dead drug addict. Evil. It, it, crazy. You know, everybody's throwing crazy wild parties in this. Uh, Olivia Wilde's in the film. Diego Calva is the, is one of the main characters in it. And he plays, uh, you know, a, a guy from Mexico just trying to get a break in Hollywood and, and find a job and learn how to produce movies. And she wants to be a star. And then they all go to the same party and start to mingle. And there's Brad Pitt, who might be a silent star like Clark Gable. Mm-hmm. And then all and they're they're doing these big costume dramas. They called sandal movies, where they're like biblical epics, like Spartacus, but they're. They're silent. Well, and it's and they're huge. And it's and and everybody was owned by the studio. Okay. There were and because they were all silent films, you could have you know six different films being shot on the same set, and and kind of let's grab this actor from this scene and put him in over in this scene, and and nobody was really treated very well. Yeah, um, and it was dangerous. And it was very dangerous. People died. People died making those movies, yeah. get, getting in the way of, of horrible things. There was there wasn't there was a lot going on to protect anybody back then, as there is now. So, is this an Oscar level film? Yeah, I think it might be a top ten film. I, I can see this in anybody's top ten list. I don't see it one, two, three, four, or five for me. But I really, I think technically, it's on, uh, it's on one of the highest levels of the year. It, it, not because it's kind of thoughtful and seamless, but just because it's so, so elaborate and yeah. excessive, but makes a point and does it exactly, I think, succeeds to do what it set out to do. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're not pulling any punches in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so in some ways, I admire that. 
A lot of times you'll see a movie where it needs to be more decadent. It needs to be more excessive. Mm -hmm. And they're just holding back because they're afraid to offend anyone. This movie is not afraid to offend anyone. And there's some crazy stuff going on. with. And Brad Pitt's really good in it. He's really funny. He's in the film a lot. He's very funny. Yeah. He's really, really – he's got this smirky stuff going on, and he's a mess. All these people are a mess. I think that's the biggest part of it. Everybody is a mess, and they're all just trying to – claw their way to the top, and then once they're there, they're still a mess. It's all, it's all it's like people that you hear about. You know, in all my experience of interviewing actors, I met some a few that were a mess, mm-hmm. but for the most part, most of them weren't that much of, they weren't a mess. They were actually really smart and could probably do anything they wanted to do. They just chose acting, but they're, they multitask and they're really smart and well-read. But this is about all those other people that are a mess. Well, and that's the other thing. You and know, some are a mess and very successful. And and I can mention some names. One of them's in prison right now. But you know, there are going through trial. There are a lot of there are a lot of people that there are. I mean, the actors that you were interviewing predominantly, you were in the space to interview them because they had made a really good film. Think about how many bad. Films and bad TV shows and bad actors. There, I mean, yes. there you you were kind of in a in an atmosphere to. For the most part, yeah. you know, I'll never forget uh, interviewing um, um, Sam Elliott for um, Roadhouse. <laughs> the, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Swayze, Swayze people that, yeah. that people love, yeah. but it's as dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> I think it was number two on my worst of the year list, and I spent the entire time. With Sam Elliott talking about what it was like to be in just a god awful film. <laughs> I All love Roadhouse. <laughs> Roadhouse is—he shows himself up. That's right. He's badass. It's my way or the highway. <laughs> god, isn't that funny. Yeah, it's decadent. It's really, really crazy and really wild. It's very over. The it's top. worth seeing. Be careful who you take. Absolutely, yeah. I would be so embarrassed to watch this with my mother. <laughs> but we are going to watch that it with says my sister. Every, but we will with your sister. <laughs> yes, because this is all about my sister. That says everything. <laughs> what you just said, said, that's the perfect way to take this film. Don't watch it with your mother, but you would watch it with your sister. <laughs> so um, to pair, you know, the time frame is the rise of talking films. Mm-hmm. Um and so wrap your little—go go with me on this fun little, okay. little, little string. Okay, so it's the rise of talkies, which means that pretty much everybody who thought that they were going to be a star for the rest of their life basically didn't have a career anymore. Yes. Because we they— heard, We heard their voice. Because they sounded terrible. And so we are pairing Prisoner Wine Company's eternally silenced Pinot Noir. Wow. Because all of these actors became eternally silenced. The big majority of them did. But for the most part, also with this big, over-the-top, decadent film, um, there is nothing delicate or... uh, Prisoner doesn't make really complicated, understated, understated, refined wines. Right. They're not bad wines. There are many that we that we greatly enjoy, mm-hmm. but they're always really big. They're always high alcohol. They're always lots of fruit. They're often in your face. 
Um, and that's, that's, that's how they were built to be. That's, that was the whole idea, you know, behind what Orrin Swift, the Orrin Swift wines originally were, which is what Prisoner bought into. Right. Um, this one, very much so. The uh, Pinot Noir is a finicky, delicate, refined grape. How they create their prisoner kind of brand is with the addition of Syrah. And a lot of Pinot Noir producers do add Syrah to, to Pinot because it basically amps up the volume. It gives color, it gives fruit, it gives spice, it gives intensity, it gives alcohol. And, and you get that in this wine. It's um, it's certainly a delicious wine. It's and it's an expensive wine. I think it's a seventy five dollar bottle of wine. Yes, they are. Um, but it's it's definitely it's it's kind of the the Pinot that you serve a cab drinker. Yeah, um, that's it's it, almost over the top. Yes, but but for a Pinot, for for a Pinot, it doesn't to but me. But then their cab's really big. Exactly, and I don't, and it's because the, it's because the cab has Zinfandel in it, and it's you know it's it's prisoners known for for making blends, and and so with that they have they have made their style of Pinot Noir really well with the eternally silenced. That's the perfect pairing. Thank you. So it's kind of an over the top wine for an over the top movie. Absolutely. For what it is. So here's a little sidebar. I was just thinking. Of all the people that would come to our house, and not naming names or anybody, but people that come to our house to, for dinner, and they want to bring wine, but they don't know a lot about wine, Prisoner shows up more than anything. People will grab that bottle because they're going to spend a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We're going to the Cogale's house. Haley's cooking. We're going to pair wine with food that you've been working on all day. And they'll bring Prisoner, Prisoner. more than anything. Yeah. They, well, that always fascinated me. It's a, It's because it's... We were living in Dallas also, right. and um, Dallasites like big red wine with big hunks of meat that they knew I was likely. <laughs> you just explained the film Babylon. I did. <laughs> you explained it through wine. God, that's perfect. Way to go, Hale. Next time on Cogill Wine and Film, a perfect pairing, uh, the great Ray Fines plays an award winning chef. He's about to turn the tables on his diners in just a wickedly dark little movie, and it's called The Menu. And we will feature a gripping, austere, biting Riesling to pair with an equally austere film, Tar. Ah. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and I'm always looking for the next great film. I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. And Gary Yeah? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Haley. Aloha. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.